Okay, welcome to Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. I'm Susan Pinsky, and I'm here today with a special Halloween week podcast with Jack Rourke in the house, medium, and also Rebecca Fearing, our most beloved medium du jour. I want to introduce my co-host today, who is the lovely and talented Heather McDonald. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I love her. One person clapped. I love her. And we have a guest in the house as well, comic Theo Vaughn, who I just met, and he's a pretty hot piece of ass over here. I'm okay looking. I'm at best an eight. Yeah. Uh, Today I did say you do look cuter today than the last time I saw you. Thank you. I appreciate you telling me that, actually. And and the two of them are friends. They've met before, uh, worked together on a comedy special with Howie Mandel. No, a new show that that Theo is hosting, and I just was a guest star. But it's called, what's it called? It's called Deal With It. It's on Friday nights on TBS. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really, I'm thrilled to have the two of you here because... Heather was a guest previously on our show, and we were able to bring in her grandmother and Reverend Jim into uh, our Calling Out studios when we were over at the uh, Corolla Digital Network. Uh, Seems so long ago. It was about a year ago, actually. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And you had a really good reading by Cindy Kaza. I yes. was really excited. I was listening to it. And and um, you said something funny to me last week, which was not kind of funny, but it was kind of funny. But you Well, I said I, I wasn't that close to my grandmother, and she died when I was 11, and that's who they, they talked to. But my dad passed in March, so I was, like, kind of excited to come on because now I have, like, a new dead person in my life. <laughs> and I haven't had which anybody funny. read me or it's anything since he passed. In March, and I'm ex- I dream about him a lot, and I'm excited to see if um, mm. if you guys yeah. Can so talk we're to him we're for hoping me. for that, and then yeah. wow. and then Theo Theo no it's Theo Theo, Theo is but well I have a I have a nephew named Theo. I'm sorry. I think it's have a list. Theo is um, <laughs> is also into talking about murders. You, you like murders. Right? I've always been. Uh, I mean, people get murdered every day, and uh, I feel like a lot of it gets you know. There's not enough chatter about it. I don't know. Th- that He has a special interest in that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I, I just um, wanted to see if we could get started and give you a reading here today with, with Rebecca and, and Jack. And <sighs> Well, I work on crime cases. And, in fact, uh, one of the, the departments, homicide departments, asked me if I would work with them, especially when I said I wouldn't charge them. Wow. So I have been. I'm pretty good at crime. But I look for evidence because you can say to somebody, okay, Richard did it. But I heard from a homicide detective that's not enough because married couples have mixed DNA. So you have to get really factual. And I have helped solve a crime already, one that's pretty notable. So, But I'm working on another can one right now. Can you not tell us what it is? Yeah, it was uh, – I dreamt um, about you, this. You might not want to get too specific oh. because oh. what happens is, is oh. when as a – Mm-hmm. sensitive person I'm sure you know this but I'm just saying this for the audience uh-huh. and for those out there who mm-hmm. may be interested in doing the kind of work that we uh-huh. do is that working with law enforcement gives the appearance of sort of overriding habeas corpus and mm-hmm. these types of things and mm-hmm. sometimes we can glean information that isn't known to the public and sometimes it can cause mm-hmm. problems where defense attorneys can challenge evidence that would right. otherwise mm-hmm. convict the person oh. and get things thrown out. So be as vague uh-huh. as possible. I'm just... Oh, no, a, no, no. You know. You're right about that because even the... I would do this not 
my, the evidence that I can come up with doesn't go into the courtroom because they won't believe you anyway. But the one that's already been solved mm-hmm. and I'll be, I've already it's already been done was he came to me in a dream mm-hmm. and he said hello Rebecca and he was burnt like a piece of charred chicken, <clears throat> so I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And then I dreamt about the whole entire murder, and um, finally I found out who he was because he was um, somebody that I did know, and his mother knew me and as a clairvoyant so. Um, I heard that her son was murdered, and then I was able to give them all the details that I knew of because of the dream. Mm-hmm. And um, the detectives came in, and one was skeptical, one was very religious. But I was born and raised Catholic. It's not mm-hmm. just because you're a psychic doesn't mean you're a double worshiper. Right. Okay, so um, anyway, they came back. I gave them a lot of information that turned out to be true, and they said they would have solved the crime four months earlier if they had taken me seriously. Mm. Isn't that great? So, yeah. Now, yeah. Jack, do you guys feel, and I mean, I'm, uh, do you guys feel like actual human beings, or do you guys feel like kind of like liaisons between, like, information that isn't, like, readily available to everyone, you know, since you guys are, you know, in the in the world of being able to be clairvoyants? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure I understand your question. You mean when we're accessing information, do we feel like it's coming from a specific person, or do we feel like it's coming... From some sort of like every source day. of information. Like every, every day. Do you feel like a regular human or do you feel like I, kind of like a middle okay. ground between, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. no, like I do. A, no, you're, you've made it more clear for me. The, that's actually a great, great question because by and large what you have is, I don't know if you've experienced this, mm-hmm. Rebecca, but mm-hmm. the rank and file sensitive, especially very young people or very, people very young to extrasensory perception, they oftentimes... Um, uh, applaud themselves for their hypersensitivity or their, or their high level of empathy. Um, when actuality, it can be, it, it's a drain on the nervous system and it can be very taxing. And you'll find that a lot of people who identify as psychic have stress related illness mm-hmm. um, fibromyalgia, weight problems, you know, pains in the joints, these types of things. And so, and that comes from the tax on the nervous system, hmm. you know, uh, arguably. You know, we can't say that for facts, but, you know. Anyway, so what you'll find is that during the course of development is that sensitives will ignore things like boundaries or ignore things, um, more ignore spiritual practices that enhance their ability to own their individuality and not have that hypersensitivity or not unconsciously engage with another person's psyche or the environment because there's a fear that sort of reining oneself in that way um, dampens or destroys extrasensory perception when what it does is it it facilitates something called attunement. And attunement is really a lost art that is largely misunderstood in development circles in this country. Um, And the English have gotten very good at sort of, of teaching attunement. And really that's just the art of shifting awareness between the here and now and the extrasensory perceiving faculties. Okay. And when you sort of shift on, you're, you're sourcing information outside of your mind. And when you shift back, you should be able to conduct yourself like any other person without the dramatics of heightened sensitivity or the, the emotional sort of complexities and problems that come with that. So, um, yeah. Do you guys ever think of you guys selves as like a like an old-timey Google kind of, like not in a bad well, way, but like, you know, where uh-huh. you can like search, you know? Well, I, my my story is quite unusual. I started in the entertainment business. I was being discovered by the Straussbergs, and um, God said to me, "Don't 
do it, Rebecca. You're going to be washed up movie star when you're 50. So I listened. And he said, I'll put you in the media when you turn 50. And I'm like, 50? I was like 18, 19. Like, that's old, okay? But you know what? For some reason, I knew it to be true. So I quit. I worked in a liquor store. Believe it or not, I have drove a forklift. I worked as a nanny. I've scrubbed toilets, okay? But every step of the way, somebody said to me, a stranger, hey, lady, one day you're going to be a well-known psychic and healer. And guess what? I would start laughing so bad. Right. Okay? But... Uh, that's end- I ended up doing that when I was 34, when my son was born. And it was true. I started in the entertainment business again when I was 50. I had my own radio show now for almost seven years. And I have so had... So you, st- yeah. you started to realize your gift at 34? No, I started it at the beginning of my life. I've always oh. been psychic. But when mm-hmm. did you start like actually mm-hmm. acknowledging it? And talking to people and helping people? And well, I guess I was always doing that. They used to call me bewitched at school when mm-hmm. I was young. Mm-hmm. But I would ignore it for the most part. I mean, anybody that knew me as a child experienced paranormal. I have extreme paranormal activity in my life. And then um, when I was 34, I told God, okay, look, it, I have my son. I don't want anybody watching my baby. Mm-hmm. And I got That's offered a job on King, Kenny Kingston Psychic Hotline. Mm-hmm. So I went in there. I was nine months pregnant. I've told this story many times. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm not I totally gonna... remember that Kenny Kingston <laughs> well, yeah. It was so yeah. embarrassing. Was it good? Oh, no, yeah. he was like no great. Idea. He would hang around the yeah. comedy store, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now, let me ask you this. He sounds like a pedophile. <laughs> no, he, he, I think that... Uh, I think that he was an um, old-timey... Yeah. Oh, he was. Yes. And I think sweet spirit. Sweet spirit. Yeah, like a lot of people would do mm-hmm. him as like a character. Maybe yeah. we can talk to him today. Could you guys oh, get yeah, him in the? He would be like him? Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, he was like really. <laughs> and he had, like, Why is she? Like he was just like you kind of was like, is this an old woman or an old man? Like you couldn't tell. <laughs> like and then he would like throw. I remember like being at weird parties yeah. and yes, he was always was, like, on Loveline too, many years. Yeah. So so but a little. That's funny that you said, yeah. was he a pervert? He wasn't. But when I walked in and... Like, my it's always funny to ask if someone was a pervert. Yeah. Goes, my, and that's why I'm not a clairvoyant. Yeah. No, right there. <laughs> but I was nine months pregnant. I was like, oh, my God, why am I in here? I feel so sick. I went in and I go, what are those lines over there? Because I'm not working on those lines. There were sex lines. So I'm like, oh, oh my Kenny God. Kenny Kingston's sex lines? No. no yeah. They're in the Told same you. room. And I'm back. Okay. Yeah. And I'm back. I don't know if those the are nine, his seven, lines. six numbers yeah. have been replaced by podcasts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was half psychic lines and half sex lines in the same right. room. So I never knew, really, if that was part of his deal or not. Once in a while, the lines would get crossed, and that's a whole funny story. But I end up working there, getting really good. I actually know a very, very uh-huh. famous person uh-huh. in our business uh-huh. who has sold hundreds of thousands of books who once upon a time worked on a sex line but yeah. another time <laughs> so uh, believe yeah, me we all I have our little secrets yeah. in there but so anyway that's the story of how I became a psychic and then everything else I have no idea how I became so well known or I've had many, many paranormal experiences. I've had another one, and I bet you we'll, we can bring Marilyn in today. Oh, I hope so. I love yeah, her. She's always around. She wants her own show. Yeah. Yeah. Heather. We can bring she wants her own podcast, I swear. Around. She's wow. here all the time. Very strange things. That's why she lives in my her. bedroom in New York. Yeah. Mm. I love so, her. I love so her. So I have an unusual story. He's much. He seems much more book-learned than I am in this and maybe knows more about all of what really goes on. Mine is just by really physical experience. I've seen God. I've seen Jesus three times. I always call him the hot Jew because he's really cute and he Wait, was never Catholic. my friend. Yeah, the H-J, they call him. I just happened to see that movie that was based on the book, 
heaven is real. Right. Yes. Little kid. And it look, he looks like that painting, except the nose is really like the nose yeah. that we see in the shroud. Blue eyes. The thing that got me, he has thick, dark eyebrows, the olivey skin, sort of your tone, mm-hmm. and um, the sweetest guy ever, like a like a strong, like almost a sleeper, <laughs> uh, like a sleeper, like a surfer build, you know, kind of muscular, kind of tall. Yeah, and I've seen him three I times. A, I thought that was an amazing movie. Yeah, a lot of what he said is real. That's mm-hmm. in my world. It is real. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, I'll just explain. Well, the coolest part about the, this kid had like a near-death experience. Don't tell me the whole movie because I do want to see I'm just saying the part that's in a trailer. Okay. This was the part that was the most profound that made you believe. Anyway, the little kid was four, and he had an uh, he had an, uh, an older sister, and he says to the mom, I met another girl in, in heaven, the one that used to live in your tummy. And she's like, she had had miscarriage. She never told her son about it. Mm. And she's like, what did... What did she look like? And you know, she said that she used to live in your tummy, and she, you know, and I, and that was the and that was the part that that was the convincing that part the when the mother finally part. believed. Yeah. yeah, that the four-year-old, like, yeah, there's no way the That's four-year-old could have known that because and, like, it, was it was a big such, witch hunt before that. Like the news, nobody was. Know. Everybody was like, "This is you're such like you're crazy Christians. You're being weird, and you're yeah, kidding, you know." And the, you, the church was almost embarrassed that it was your being son's all this making press, this and, up. Yeah, he has imaginary so it was, friends. It was interesting, you know, and and when people have those stories, they're very similar. There was this. This doctor, he was like a neuroscience. He did said something with, or he was a famous doctor. Anyway, he had a near-death experience. He was oh, he was like an atheist, was totally skeptical. And when he went to heaven for that little period of time, this girl comes up to him, and she's like, "I've been, I've been trying to find you. I'm your sister." And he's like, so he comes out of it. Like, so weird. I had dreamt that I like had a sister. Anyway, he was adopted, mm. and his sister died at 21. And when he Got, found the picture of the sister at 21 it was the woman who had come to him in heaven like mm. it was yeah. it's kind of crazy that both of these stories involved siblings real siblings whether that was adopted or a miscarriage that mm-hmm. came to the one that had the, the short experience in heaven right so I I've seen heaven so the both those stories matched up to what I've seen mm-hmm. I mean people always ask me is it just a poof of smoke I don't know what Jack's experiences are but mm-hmm. um, they eat I seriously, they, I, I, I have a long story about heaven and why I know so much about it. But anyway, they um, eat um, bagels up there. I always say bagels. Well, are they're really, Jews. I mean, yeah, they're really popular in heaven. Wait, it's only like Jews the upper west side in, in uh, heaven. No. Yeah. Hot, hot pizzas. They have hot pizzas. And it's Ooh. a real working world. You go to school. They have good, you know, they have um, rehabilitation centers. It is a real world. They have oh, manicures they and pedicures, and they're really cheap. They have centers? to. They, yeah, in you know, heaven? I heard they had the best. Oh, because come on. No, seriously. I heard but that I feel like as you're just recreating what we have here, like if they have it rehabilitation right? centers, you can't like aren't we past that by the time we get to heaven? Not always. Well, Drew will be glad to know that there's rehab centers. In there. <laughs> yeah. so he'll, he'll continue no. to gainfully employ. Oh, just what I need. That's when I'm going to get help. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it better be good here. I don't want to go to. I'll wait till I'm in heaven to get help. Oh, I just want to be past all my vices once I get to heaven. That's what yeah. I want. But I if you're conscious be... of them, see, if you die when you're unconscious, instead of like people saying going to hell, God has a program for you to accept you know the healing that you didn't accept here so you don't I don't believe that all people just become like good I mean they don't and some don't even know they're dead so if you do our work I mean I've seen many people at an accident site that didn't know they were dead so you have to convince them to go into the light or if you do a haunting I've done many ghost stories and those are the ones that raise your hair right on your head so, you know, I mean, and all of this stuff, I have fact to back it up. I yeah. Phone calls okay. from heaven. Okay. So, so, so let's, let's Damn. see if we can. 
Do what? Freak you out. Me? Yeah, with a with a psychic reading. Yeah. See if you can become a believer. If Believe you're me, skept- man. I already we, believe in Jesus Christ. We so, like skeptics. I mean, we really do. We like to sort of fight, you know, the the skeptics. No, Jack can go prove- first. <laughs> yeah, so great. Now that I'm she's... a little bewildered and sort of my All head right. is spinning around from this conversation. So we'll, we'll yeah, it seems... Uh, That's okay. No, I mean, no Jack just met Rebecca. Rebecca yeah. has always been on our show, and she has she's told this story before, but... She's a real wildcat. But they're a couple of different type. Mm-hmm. They they work in different ways. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, okay. So I'll just see how it goes. Okay. So really, I just want to start by kind of. I'm just going to ramble at you a little bit to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm in trouble. No, yeah, no, 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 you're not, not in trouble. It's just, um, you're, you're, you're probably actually literally feeling me move in close to, like, energetically move into your personal space. It's very uncomfortable. So, um, you know, just if you don't mind. Okay. Um, it's interesting that you say that because oftentimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you do read someone, it does kind of set off sort of like a proximity alarm if you're not accustomed to it. It feels really, like, an invasive. Um, so as I'm starting to begin to tune in on you, I just want to sort of begin to run with this a little bit. But I'm not a doctor, and um, every, this is, you and I are just two friends talking, and this is just strictly entertainment, right? So right. Um, you know, I want to talk about your father, actually. I want to, I want to talk about your father, and I, and I have um, – there's a couple things with him. I, I feel like – I want to draw a line right down the middle of his body. For some reason, I'm very conscious of his nose. Right, I'm very conscious about behind the nose, in the sinuses, and I feel like maybe his nose is prominent or there's scarring in and on his nose, but I feel like actually in and behind the nose, if at some point in his life, I don't know if he had surgery or some kind of reconstruction or some kind of like something in the sinuses, right? And so with that, I feel like as I kind of go down in with him, and this is I think will begin to relate to you, is I'm also concerned with him that that I'm torn here because I'm seeing what, what looks like damage that would come from smoking in his lungs. But I, if it's not from smoking, I feel like he also could have been exposed to something that damages his lungs. Hmm. Um, and I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know? No, I, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm learning as I go here. Yeah. Are you resonating with any of that? Um, I mean, my father was really old when I was born. My dad was 70 when I was born. He was an old man, so I don't really know that much about yeah. him. So I'm actually like, you know... I'm kind of how writing. Old were, how old was he when he passed? He was 86. Yeah. So I'm kind of writing some of this down just because yeah. like these would be things that I would ask. Definitely. And someone who would know. Because these are things too that I feel like you're going to need to know as you get older. Right. Um, one of the things is that I'm seeing this piece of tissue that actually could look like the end of my pinky, like a small piece of tissue, so that either. It's, it's a small tumor or it's, a, it's some kind of growth or some kind of piece of tissue that was at some point removed or diagnosed or something like this. And I feel like this actually could um, be something that... Go ahead. 
I mean, he lost one of his fingers. I don't uh, know if that would be it well, or not. Okay, well, then I'll take that. I mean, it's crazy. Because I don't know why. Like, specific what is that saying is. is I don't know why that I see this like a finger that's disconnected. I'm wondering if it's a tumor or a piece of something that's no, actually been actually removed from the body. Exactly, <laughs> a finger. A finger yeah, that's yeah. been removed. So with that being said, I also feel like I want to warn you also about uh, like a congestive heart issue. Uh, little like, like the, the tissue around the heart kind of strangling the heart, but also coupled with that is that actually inside the heart that there may have been some kind of malfunction or something that sort of was, uh, that ultimately contributed to his um, lack of well-being as he aged. Now, it doesn't take a psychic to say that because a lot right. of elderly people have those problems, but I feel like this could lend itself to something congenital that you might actually deal yeah, with as well. Yeah, let's down get an EKG uh, right here. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking and, there, and was there also a reconstruction of the shoulder or some kind of something through the I don't the know. Shoulder. Yeah, well, let's, 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 let's not waste time on it. Then. But he's here. He's present. Oh, well, this is, yeah, I feel like he's present. And I think what um, Jack's saying is that you could be very sensitive to mold, any place that has mold. You grew up in, uh, you said farmland, so anything that would be exposed. You said Iowa, right? No, um, oh. uh, Louisiana. Louisiana, oh, okay. But was there any kind of, were you out, was there any kind of open space around you or any, do you know where your father was born? He was born in Nicaragua. Okay, that's probably what I see, because I see lots of green-like fields, so that makes sense to that. So he, I think he's saying be careful, don't lose your finger, be careful of anything like, I get farmland or anything that would be moldy, mm-hmm. that you might be ultra-sensitive to it. I, I don't. You look young. You look like you're only in your 30s, but to back up Jack, a lot of people I say going into their 40s should get an echocardiogram because I have a lot of widows come in my office. And wait, wait. Husbands. Well, maybe yeah, I don't want to be a widow. Okay. And I don't want to be a widowmaker. Widow by the way, here's my advice to you. Yeah, I don't don't be a snort cocaine because you'll you're, it'll screw up your nose and give yeah. you a heart attack. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be my okay. suggestion. <laughs> but no, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling your dad is a pretty strong individual. I feel I feel your dad really strong, Heather. Okay, and but your father is like a strong individual. He's like got some real power here. He um, talks about how he made his money and how he met your mother since he was so old. He was happy to have you in the world, though. He was like, whoa, I had a baby at 70. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. He also shows me two wedding rings around you. So, um, and I'm feeling you have a really big pink aura right now, which indicates marriage. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have two marriages. It just means that you're going to have two loves of your life and could end up in marriage. I choices. thought pink meant you were sexy. No, it's love. love. Red is sexy. Oh, okay. So you're getting, you're going to be either married <laughs> soon or engaged. I don't Aren't know. Are you going on the date mm. with the girl from the gym after mm-hmm. this? I don't know. I met some girl earlier. Yeah. You're in, this, in the pink. But I don't think opinion. she likes me, though. Uh-huh. Well, I, well, I'll tell us she better because the said you're in the pink zone. So you're gonna be, you have opportunity to marry two women. You'll make the right choice. That's good. You haven't done anything right now. The name Jim is so strong in here, Jim or James. But does that belong to you by any chance? Do you know if you're following Possibly. James? Well, yeah, my dad uh-huh. is um, Robert James. Yeah, that's your dad. And his, like uh, yeah, and his first cousin was the Irish priest uh-huh. named Jim Morrison. Yeah, that makes sense. And they were really good friends. And yeah. he would come over. He's from trying Ireland to butt in on out. your on uh-huh. your reading here. Well, no, it's fine. No, with Theo and your dad are talking together. Uh, they're oh, very they are? different from each other, yeah. but they're having a great conversation, and they're all concerned not about your about your career. Your career is going in you know, leaps and bounds. It was more about your love life, having the balance of love, and um, 
and career. But I do feel when you marry, you'll marry well. Take your time. It'll be a great time. You'll, you're going to find yourself on many travels with this woman. She likes to travel. She likes to eat, but she's not heavy. Maybe a good cook, maybe not. But you enjoy the same foods together. She. I did meet this Mexican woman this morning, actually, uh-huh. at this cafe. But I think she already has two kids, and I just feel like uh-huh. she's not going to lose some of the weight that's in her legs. I know. But otherwise, I would marry her in a heartbeat. Well, I don't know. It was something centered around food. I'll see her again next week. Yeah, so. Theo's you know, on the hunt. Okay. Yeah, any single women actually, uh-huh. but she's always she's been working there forever. So I go there all the time because I live right by there. Yeah, so you never know. <laughs> okay, but um, there was something about food, and but remember, he said two two times. Can jogging be a first date, or that can't be? That's uh-huh. not even oh, walking. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, could you? <laughs> is that out of line? Or let's go for like a nice long, like a seven mile walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So Jack, what do you think about his love life? Because I feel like you get an opportunity to marry within the, between a year and a half and two years, if not sooner. Wow, it's pretty soon. I'm pretty good with marriage. Now, when you hear her, now, do you guys have, now, is that, like, something that's simpatico between you guys? Like, or you guys get totally different views? We don't know yet because they just met. Well, I I think he was right on about the the nose. I was picking up farmland, something exposed, possibly, but you have to be sensitive mold. I'm right. I think he's right about the... I mean, I have a big nose. Maybe that's just all it is. No, no, I've got a long English nose, too. No. Is suitable to your face? Uh Oh, that's nice you to say. You know Jesus, but, you know, the face. I can't. Jesus has a big nose. They never talk about that in any okay, of the books. All right, let's not make fun of Jesus. No, no, I'm not. I mean, bad. There's, look, there's way worse things we can be saying about him. I believe in him. I mean, I'm on board. I said he was a hot Jew, and he had a nice nose. It's just long. That's all. But now, when you hear her mm-hmm. prophesize and you know iterate and you know share things that she's thinking, do you believe what she says or no? It's not a question of believe or disbelieve. The evidence will, will bear itself true or false. Okay. Um, so, you know, what happens is, is when you get into a room where you have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sensitives who don't know each other, there's a, t- there's a tendency sometimes to feel threatened or competitive or something like this. And so I, when I have, when there's another person that we're, we're, I'm working in close proximity with, I will sort of withdraw from the table and allow my, put myself in neutral as it were, like, you know, so mm-hmm. that I'm staying in the moment and not being carried away with what she's saying uh. or what you're saying. Because what happens is, is that when you're working as a psychic, you, you can find yourself in a flow of information and it, it, it begins to change, just like your ordinary thoughts right. think, you know, according to how they feel. And so what I've, what I've noticed in working with other psychics and training is that if you, if you sort of um, begin to allow what they're saying to sort of enter into your inner space, you can then begin to sort of connect the dots. Like, a, like in a conversation, when you're talking with a friend, they say something that makes sense, you add to it. And what I want to do is stay in a neutral place, allow her what she's sharing to come across the table so that... I'm not letting what she's saying influence my perception. Uh, now, if I if I do hear something that is, you know, taking the words right out of my mouth, then I might jump in and say, yes, I'm getting that too, X, Y, and Z, and, and add to it. But, I, you know, I just I think it's important and respectful to allow her to have the floor and do what she's doing. And then I... Wow. I but we do have different ways of working. Yeah, we're different. Everyone's different. Every instrument mm-hmm. is different. And, and everyone will see, receive information in a different way. Right. And, and when I saw you, I did see a woman that was food, around food. Remember, I said it's two, two rings. So I'm a, I'm a really... Um, a, a, 
a pretty good visionary, so I see the visions of what... I'm glad there's food in the future. Yeah. Well, but if there's two rings, that means the first one's not going to work out. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. It, meant it means he's going to have... Gonna have he's gonna she have wants two, two rings. No, maybe. Or she. you have opportunity to make two women. The name Kathy is so strong in here. But again, that might have to do with you. Well, Kathy, yes. Catherine is my dad's mother. Yeah, she's here. Okay, Kathy. so we have your mother, your grandmother, Kathy, mm-hmm. Catherine. We have your father. We might have the, the priest, I don't know, possibly mm-hmm. because we were talking about Jesus and religion. Right. And your father is like going like this. Yeah, okay, 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 so let's do, let's do um, Heather and then maybe some more of Theo's family will okay. show up well, and try to butt Heather, in again. So why don't you continue? Okay. <laughs> so they want me to tell you that you're definitely going to move, but make sure it's the place that you want to go next. Okay. Do you know about that yet? Move like in a house or move like a career move? No, not move. It's not a career move. It's a residence. Oh. So there might be something that comes up out of the blue. Don't panic. It'll be a good one, not a negative. You're not forced okay. into anything at all. Okay. There is a gentleman that's kind of tall. He's a good looking guy, really nice. He's also funny. He loves your humor. Mm-hmm. You, you're supposed to. Is it a black eye or not? <laughs> I see two children around you, but I don't. Well, know. I have children. Uh, yeah. Do you have two children already? I have two that came out of me. Uh huh, yeah. I'm and a, I'm one stepdaughter. This yeah. is, uh, well, I was Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the I boys. could jump they in. They just yeah. came out of you um, instantly. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, my boys, yeah. But as I was kind of waiting to kind yeah, of start yeah. on you as well, the first thing mm-hmm. that I noticed with you is is your fertility, mm-hmm. honestly. I don't know if you have a concern about fertility or if I just look at you, you're, you're going to get pregnant. But there's something about... I'm a little old, don't you think? I'm not, yeah, here, but... I'm not here to judge you. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not here to judge you. I just had sex yesterday. Oh, no. You did? <laughs> we, wow, we lucky. Can you imagine if I got pregnant right now? <laughs> what are you but, I can totally see you being pregnant. Yeah. Well, my, young, my youngest is eight, so I feel like that's a huge what? age difference. What? You're probably younger than What are you? T- that's not that old. Uh-uh. Yeah. Are you well, trying to get pregnant? Yeah. I, I saw what? two. Are you trying what? to get pregnant? No, I just faces, feel like it's not no. really a risk because I'm, you know, in my oh, 40s. be careful. You should yeah. have a child, I think. <laughs> I already had two children and yeah. a stepdaughter. Yeah, and you have to be careful when you get older because they can have issues. So yeah. The good news is you'll stay a lot. Okay, so basically use contraception, Heather. Okay, we're, we're going to give you that message. First today. of all, no. No, yeah. Uh, you not you not want to hook up with a, you know, you don't want to hook up with some chick and she's using contraception. That's well, not going to. husband. I'm well, she's married. Yeah, yeah you unless, don't you're, be... unless you're not married and you're a minor. <laughs> that's well, a good I, point. I actually have <laughs> two children yeah. and then a possible third, but that's your stepchild. That's the yes. daughter. Yeah, Only that's what I married saw. people have sex. I have two sons. Yeah, because when I looked at you, I saw the Boys. Yeah. And then there was that third one where I couldn't play. Yeah. So that's the daughter. That's yeah. Your husband's really, he's good with your humor. He likes, I mean, he yes. loves you dearly. I mean, he's like, like, he's very loyal. He's his own person, though. He's no, like, wimp. But he mm-hmm. will, if you really have an issue, this is what I feel, really have an issue and you really need to talk to him, he will listen to you. He'll put everything mm-hmm. aside for you. So, so what is like a good guy? Let's, let's connect with the Heather's father. Yeah. And your father. He's Italian? Who? Your, your father. No, he's Irish. He looks Italian to me. He's Irish. No, he's Irish. Psychic Theo, everyone. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, as you guys kind of start to, you know, like, I he's start to, Irish. I guess I kind of envision as to what I, I mean, see. He's, well, there he's you go. 100% Irish. I'm 100%. Italian. That's maybe why you're picking that up. Mm. Okay, so, um, and so he um, is around the children a lot, especially the older boy. Mm-hmm. And so he's sort of a guardian angel right now. But Kathy, or Catherine's like chiming in here. She mm-hmm. wants you to pay attention because your father can communicate with you. Okay. And she's adamant to listen. Don't hold back, okay? If you see something that happens, you're like, wow, the light went on and off. Or you find a coin in a really weird place that you know there was no mm-hmm. money. Or you get a dream like you've been getting. I, 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 he comes in my dreams a lot. Yeah. And um, so did you say your father's name was Robert? 
His first name, his name is Robert James. That's what I was hey, thinking, man. Yeah. We have the priest in here now, too, Jim. Yeah, yeah that's Father Jim. Yeah. Oh. He has actually a good sense of humor. He was hilarious. He makes yeah. me laugh so hard, you guys. I don't I mean, trust him. He likes yeah, Jack a lot. He see? says he does. He yeah, does look like Jesus. Looks Pipe in, Jack. Come on. Don't be so laid back. I you need to work the rim. so funny. He probably thinks we're underage. He got busted. No. <laughs> he kept saying he passed away when I was like, I think maybe I was about 25 or something. And I just was doing stand up for a couple years. Mm-hmm. So he's visiting from Ireland and he kept saying, you know, show, show me your act. Show me your act. And I said, just you're coming to the belly room at the comedy store. I'll just wait till then. Mm-hmm. And then. On the way to the belly room, he like went into cardiac arrest. And, and he died? He died about 18 days later. He never came out of it. Oh. So he never saw my stand-up act. And I was like, why didn't I just do it for him in the living room? Yeah, he, dude. He, he actually thinks that's bad. not... He, he, <laughs> he probably doesn't care. He's probably, thank God. I don't <laughs> and hate to say, you killed that night. That's <laughs> such, such a tacky <laughs> thing to say. He that's told awesome. me to tell you, at least that's he didn't sad. die during your act. Yeah. Then you would have thought the act killed him. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Aww. so God arranged it to happen before, not yeah. dying. And he says he's seen it plenty of times since, and you're totally hilarious. Oh, and he oh she is. Me. She's so yeah, funny. Do you talk about your husband at all? Or yeah, Yeah, because he says you're really funny about your husband on stage, and your husband's a good sport. Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. she has a, a Showtime mm-hmm. special now that you have yeah. to see it. You so know, great. Are you aware, are, just yes or no, yes. are you aware of your family history? Uh, more, more than just, oh, my so-and-so is from Ireland or this one was from Pittsburgh. I mean, if I was to give you some information about your family history in Ireland, would you be able to say, oh, yes or no, or I think so? Not or? that much. Okay. Just that, I mean, I just know that, you know, there was all but one sibling came over, and that one sibling Da-da-da. stayed there and had the father Jim. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the other siblings in the family came over to Ellis Island. That's all I really know. Okay. Yeah, because I am also. But this Why, is. Why? What were you going to tell me? Tell me. Because actually, there's something interesting. I feel like with with your family, is that they were. Um, okay. You had. Uh, you actually in your family history, I feel like there was one man in particular, may possibly another, that was actually very active in the tr- early on in the troubles. Um, troubles. What do you mean? Uh, the well, the uprising against the British. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like this is something that would be almost something that you would want to feel proud of at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of ethnically, I have the sense that actually, you know, I feel if you could dig back in your family tree, I literally what I'm seeing is in your family tree. I feel like there's someone who actually could have. This is early, early on. I'm thinking like pre-1930, I'm, I actually think it's earlier than that, mm-hmm. uh, who who may have literally died on the street in a, in a protest. Mm. Are you aware of this at all? No. No, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, you know, but I just, the, based on my experience, w- what I'm seeing is quite distinct. I, I can literally hear people shouting and screaming and rocks being thrown. I have the, I have feel like the hustle and like the, the tussling back and forth, and I literally feel as if I'm going down and I hit my head on on the cobblestone or on the road on on, on the concrete or something like this, and I have the sense of an absolute melee. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe that is the main reason, you know, why they left. You know, they like lived through the potato famine, and they all came. But that was actually that that would have been fifty years prior. Oh, I don't know. You know, so that's check it out. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, interesting. Yeah, so um, that's just something interesting. Now, Jack, you're holding on to an icon that I gave you earlier. Oh, that right. doesn't have anything to do with that, is it? If if you know something I don't, it, no, it, it I just was curious because I mean, because um, you've been clinging on to it. I'm worried. I I gave Jack a a an iconic um, piece well, of jewelry. Me, you gave me a piece of jewelry, and so let me just so you don't kind of right. But I mean, just make sure it's not connected to that. No, I have it. I'm holding it upside down. I haven't really looked at it. It has a religious significance. So you know whether this is something that. But I actually feel, um, I actually feel that. This is actually a copy of a work of art mm -hmm. that could you could maybe find other places. Like mm -hmm. I literally f I see it as if it's been stitched or embroidered into a tapestry. Yes. At some point, and I feel like this is something that would be for some reason. I feel like it's like Byzantine or early um, early Christianity. You mm -hmm. know, thirteenth, fourteenth century, something. The like original this. artwork. Yeah, and and the diamonds were added later with this, and um, but I feel like well. But this has nothing to do with the uprising and the... No, I'm, I'm not getting wow. that, except okay, maybe good. if there's some kind of re the religiosity of this is connected to that, but I don't feel like that. So, so Heather, you probably, you, you know, there was probably some scuffling going on in the streets in Ireland. Before well, I mean, they I, they, they, there's they always were, scuffling I mean, they going on in the streets in Ireland. They were not rich people <laughs> yeah, when they came over here. Yeah. They were right. poor. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like they well, left a kingdom or something. Most people left why, because of those yeah, I was so saying this is, would be sense. like extended yeah. family. You know, so yeah. get on so, Ancestry.com yeah. and look yeah. at your, your history and see if you see anybody, if you see any... Uh, William Wallace's in there. And you know what I do love about my grandmother, yeah. Kitty? Uh -huh. um, her name was Catherine, but she went by Kitty. Is mm. she came over here to Ellis Island at like 29. But when you got to Ellis Island, you could just change your, put your name and your age. So 29 is like such an old person not to be married back then. Absolutely. So she just wrote down 19 and then married my grandfather, who was... A, like a hot fireman in Long Beach, <laughs> Long Island, New York. And from what I understood from the stories, the kids never knew that she was like 10 years older than their dad. And I don't even know if he knew. That's because hilarious. not until she died in her 90s did they say, did you, you know, we, they thought she was like 88, but she was really like 98. Wow. Right. And she thinks she's, she has a little bit of humor about that. But yeah. And I know that Mary is a common name in Ireland, but it is so strong. Mary, 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 Mary. But I keep getting the vision of the church where you're, where Father Jim mm -hmm. um Practiced, but do, mm -hmm. had you been there before? That the it's not a big church; it's more of an old. Probably, time I church. mean, we went. We went to. Mm -hmm. They were from Cork, Ireland, and we went, mm -hmm. did go on a trip to Cork. And yeah, it was like, and when he mm -hmm. died, they we had to ship him back to Ireland, and they it was like, you know, the most famous person got. You know, it was a huge homecoming apparently yeah. for his funeral. Yeah. yeah, it was because I keep going back to that mm -hmm. church. It has a pretty stained glass window, but it's not a modern church. Now mm -hmm. they might have done more work to it. But I kept going to the graveyard, mm -hmm. so that's probably where he. Yeah, he had like a traditional. Yeah, traditional yeah. burial, mm -hmm. and he said it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, he might be referencing the Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. uh, possibly, or it could have been. There's two women here that keep telling me their name is Mary. Mm -hmm. So you have a pretty large family yeah. that you never even knew about. Oh, yeah. 
there's two Marys. There's an older Mary and a younger Mary. So if you went back into your ancestry, you'd be able to find who they are mm -hmm. because there's free, the free Ireland and the other Ireland, you know, mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain what that means because I'm part Irish too, but I'm mm -hmm. also Italian. And so all the records are still secure inside the churches. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to totally find or just, your family. I'll just get you a subscription to Ancestry.com. Yeah, and I, I was here in County Cork, so that's probably what I was saying. We should yeah, have them as one of our sponsors. Yeah, so they're all from. And, and there's <laughs> a little river there. It's really pretty, actually. Yeah, I went when I was 16, but, mm -hmm. you know, haven't been back since. You're going to go, oops, you're going to go back with your children, I believe. So oh, it's gonna be They want to go. I'm yeah. waiting till they're old enough to... Appreciate you know, it. Pay yeah, for yeah, it. Really appreciate it. Pay for it, yeah. There you go. <laughs> As Theo, your dad is coming back and saying, you know, you should get some land, you know, yeah. buy some land. And he keeps giving me, like, the numbers of how you can work it with, with, I guess, the price of land. I don't even know if your dad liked to buy land or own land, but his family might have had um, a lot of land. And Did you say Ecuador? Oh, uh, he's from Nicaragua. Nicaragua, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, it's pretty close to each other, I think. Yeah, he's just showing me all these uh, green fields and beautiful ocean. And so it's it, it's exciting because I think not only could you make money on what you're doing, but you can make money in real estate, too, if you're wise about it. Yeah. So I'm so curious. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, it's the only other venture that I'm in, actually. I just, uh, is real estate. Me and oh, cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, giving me so your So Jack has a smirk on his face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you okay? No, I'm fine. Yeah. You're so quiet. Come on, Jesus. Come into the circle. <laughs> He's patient. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Well, no, because, and then um, I'm seeing also oh that God, you said bed and breakfast. Yeah, no, it's okay. We're, we're doing okay here. So um, he said to be careful, though, because, you know, people have two books, so you want to see the real book. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And he gives me the, um, but, you know, it's funny. He gives me the um, amount of nine something, but it might be $90,000, mm -hmm. um, something that you want to look at the figures and do your research on, on you know, you don't want to just do it for fun. You want to make some profit. Wow. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so now we know what you're going to be doing in the future. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, you have New York around you so strong. It's like you have a gig in New York that'll be really great and really fun. Famous. She just had a gig oh, in New York, New York that was York, awesome. But that's where my dad's from. That's where they all oh, are from. Did you New play York. in the, is it the Caroline Comedy Theater? No, I did Gotham. Uh-huh. You have yeah. something with Caroline and also, um, where did we go again? We went to... Comedy Juice. No, remember we went to, when we saw the other comedian here oh, in the, Australia? Um, the Improv? No. Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Have you ever hmm. done Carnegie Hall? I have done Carnegie Hall. Yeah. I opened for Chelsea in Carnegie oh, Hall. Oh, isn't that funny? And actually, mm -hmm. um, my cousin who passed away came to see me. Uh -huh. At Carnegie D Hall? Yeah, DJ oh. Dennis uh, Carey. He died from ALS. Mm -hmm. But when he came, uh. he was, like, having trouble speaking but could still, you know, still enjoy it and was in a wheelchair. Right. I think that's why I'm getting because I was going to say there's somebody here talking about Carnegie Hall to you. Mm -hmm. So he looks like he's not in a wheelchair anymore, obviously. So yes. in heaven, that's the case. Yeah. You do get well uh -huh. in that way. And But I'm feeling like he keeps going to your younger boy who is very expressive, a little bit intuitive actually. Mm -hmm. And he says that maybe he can feel us around. So mm -hmm. might be kind of aware if, I think it's the younger boy, but I could be wrong. Um, that is kind of a sensitive too. Yeah. Well, the so. younger boy is definitely like more... Mm -hmm. Um, emotional and out there in a fun way, but also in like a, a little difficult way too. Yeah. But you know, mm -hmm. but like I, I just am like, okay, these years are hard, but like I feel like he's gonna be okay. When he's yeah, older. just be in tune with him. Hear yeah. what he says. He sometimes likes the one on one with you. Yeah, and because uh, he loves Aww. his mom so much, yeah. you know, and so that's all he needs a little tea. Okay, yeah, that's all we all need. I'll yeah. take a little yeah. bit, huh? Yeah. He's got shorty over there. Yeah, all right. Blonde so running through over there. So just, just <laughs> for everybody, I just want to give out a little bit of information about Rebecca because she's. 
she's on a roll here, and and um, she actually has a show coming up at the El Portal Theater on November 29th, and it's open to the general public. Mm-hmm. And it the door is open at 7 p.m. and the show is at 8 p.m. And basically, if you go to elportaltheater.com, you can do that. You can get information. Do you have it on your website as well? Um, yeah, it's all over the place. We they just set up to buy tickets today. And not only so, ta- tell us a little yeah. bit about what your show is all about. Well, I like my show to be a party. So what I do is I <laughs> I, I do I like to try to read the whole room if possible. I don't know. This is a big venue, 360 people. I've mm-hmm. been able to do 200, 100. I don't just do eight people. And how much is it? Yeah, the tickets are 75, 125, and 200 if you want the VIP, which doesn't mean necessarily that you'll get a you'll get called just because you're paying more. It's because the seats are close to the yeah, space. and Some the spirits like might come through right, or they might but not. You know what? We we work it too. You know, she's very good at it. She also yeah. also stays for like five hours afterwards and yeah, tries to give. Well, what we're doing after, we call it a gala because I'm having a party after. So if you don't get a reading in the audience, you get to see me at the intermission and you will see me at the after party, which is till like whatever, you know, whatever. We mm-hmm. the, the guys She's there all stay. night. And so we, we have food and drinks and oh, I might well, have an aura reader. Oh, well, I'll definitely be there. I will yeah. definitely be so there. It's, and a, it's, a, it's a real party. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so um, we're going to take a break and come right back with more Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. Check us out on the web at callingoutatsusanpinsky.com for show notes and extended commentary. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And now back to the show. The comedy is actually a acutely refined defense mechanism. And when you feel those, those um, loneliness or pinges for comp- company and companionship, you have to notice... If, you're, if the compulsion to connect with someone is really in a way to avoid your own feelings, like right. stay with the loneliness. And you can be alone and not be lonely. You know? And when you, you stay with that and you, and you allow yourself to feel whether the loneliness is coming from a place of maybe deeper sadness or just an, an anxiousness or an irritability or something that, that drive to connect with someone else could be connected to maybe stress in work life or you know a bad audition or something. Or sometimes when you have a really hot night, you might have killed it in front of an audience and you wanna really share that with someone. But sometimes the stimulation that comes from performing is actually can be so overwhelming yeah. that you it drives you into wanting to disconnect from yourself by connecting with someone else mm-hmm. yeah. you know um, so just stay with where you're, what you're feeling and and be willing to face that because superficially it looks like okay I'm no, I'm no longer going to settle for X Y and Z I got to get with serious people which is part of the bargain it's part mm-hmm. of the thing that you need to do right to, to find someone meaningful right. to connect with but the other thing is, is a commitment and willingness to really be a companion to yourself yeah by not you know, sort of shuffling focus away from real, real emotions and real feelings. Yeah, and I do that all the time. And once you once you have that ability to really stay present with yourself, that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. And meaningful people will be drawn to you because of your ability. As a man, it'll read as strength and desirability right. that a woman can then share her feelings with you without overwhelming you or without getting annoyed by it. Like, oh, fuck, this bitch won't shut up about her feelings. You know what I mean? Right. But if you're cool with your own feelings, she can feel free and it feels like you're a rock to her. Right. You know what I mean? And then real companionship can come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, whatever I've been doing hasn't really been creating much serious companionship, I don't think. No, but, yeah. you know, it is. It's like women like emotional intimacy. And anyway, I feel like you're coming out of that phase because you're like, like she said, you're ready to make that commitment. You probably, do you want to be married? I think so. Yeah, because you're ready to be married right now. I feel that. That's why I, I saw the pink around you, the two rings, two opportunities with two different women that are suitable for you. You know, women like friendship into love, love into in love, and love to emotional intimacy. Clue to always having good sex, okay, because women like to be emotional. Intimacy. And then, um, but your girl likes to laugh. She likes to travel. She's actually really cute. She doesn't really have a weight problem. Maybe the girl at the Mexican restaurant. That's what I'm talking about, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't really have a weight problem. Heather is probably right about not hanging around, you know, people that are not, like, straightforward and upfront. Like she told me a story of how you guys were working together and you told her a story of you you took a woman home. You told the story about how you met some girl on the internet and you went over there. Met some girl on the internet. In the bed and she had no legs. She had many legs. It was a dark surprise. Well, And then you couldn't leave because then you would probably feel like or you're the guy who doesn't go with girls who have no legs. Yeah, I didn't want to run out of her place. I didn't well, want to show off. Well, because she can't run after you. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, no, it was dark, man. It was a dark time, and I just, I was going through some things, and it was just. But it was sweet of you to but, still have I mean, sex I took some it. nice wine over there. I still text her sometimes. You do? You know? Oh, Once good. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you up with some single ladies I don't know that about I that. have in my office. <laughs> I am. Really? Yes. But are they all uh, clairvoyance or no? No, they're all, they're all like beautiful, like. Are they from other countries? Some are. <laughs> no, I'm just getting a sense that they're from other countries. No, some are. Well, you're I'm lost. I can feel you, everybody. You know what? No, I'm not saying I'm a psychic, but I'm just saying, yeah. you know, as you're saying, I'm thinking like, oh, these, these sound like some girls from some okay, other countries. Okay, so I, we have to move on. I wanted to um, talk about this piece of jewelry just because I've, I've been really interested in it. I have a friend who's a jeweler, and... She's um, she, all her stuff's at Bergdorf and whatnot, and she's been she's been really nice to to let me borrow stuff for red carpets and whatnot. But I I really love this um, this artwork that she does. It's a it's an icon from from Russia that was probably. Oh, that's why I was seeing Coptic and Byzantine. A, yeah, it's yeah. a duplication it? of probably of, of art, but it was used in those days. Ooh, that is so cool. As a, as a religious artifact to worship. You know, it was something that they would hold on to when they would pray and whatnot. And with the, um, you know, when it, in the era that it was used, it was probably yeah, forbidden sure. at some point. But I was really interested to see if maybe you guys could figure out some who owned it before. Yeah, um, I get a woman owned it. Uh, she was someone who um, didn't wear it all the time. She... Um, well, they would just basically keep it by their bed on like a piece of wood. It yeah, would yeah, she didn't wear it all the time. That's what I felt. But um, she was someone who was very sad about her mother. So maybe she was, when her mother passed, it was hard for her to accept the fact that her mother was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, it might have had, I feel, two owners, obviously, because now it's not owned by anybody. But, um, and she was like a medium-sized woman, um, had a lot of hair. She used to put it up a lot. And, um, and it does, <laughs> does resonate, the, the name Sophie, but that's very Russian, Sophia. So... Hmm. Can I tell you? Oh, sorry. Are we still talking about the? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to tell you about this one dream I had that I thought was very weird about uh-huh. my dad. Mm-hmm. So they they used to live next door to us, but then they moved when he got sick to assisted living. But 
had this, but they'd always, my dad would always come in from the garage. It was like an extra fridge. And so he'd come in from the garage into the kitchen. And so I had this dream that it was like we were in their house from like five years ago. And he walked in from the kitchen. And I'm like, Dad, what are you doing here? We burned you because we, he was, you know, cremated. Ashes, cremated. And I was like, oh, my God, we burned you. You know, how did you come down? And he goes, oh. You know, Jesus lets me come down for like a couple hours, and then I have to go up. Right, just so you know, I've gotten no texts or calls. I've given no one permission to. Uh-huh. And, and, and I was like, "Oh my God, oh my, this is so great!" You know, now, now, those, now, this is the thing. My sisters are like jealous that I'm having these dreams, right. but I have always been like an so incredible, funny. avid dreamer that can recall dreams that dream like, and sometimes I can, sometimes I go, "Oh, that's a weird dream," and I can remember exactly like like a dream weaver. Yeah, and I just, and I sometimes I'll remember, oh, I saw this weird thing, and that's why I had that weird dream. Like, sometimes I can figure out why I had the weird dream. And so I was just wondering if there's anything about those dreams where he yeah. comes in. And well, I call, I actually have three types of dreams. There's the chili burger dream where you've eaten too much, and you're, means nothing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> then there's the visitations, which you're getting. Mm-hmm. And then there's precognition dreams that you might be a, an actor in the play of some future event. Like, I've dreamt about 9-11 and all kinds of things, okay? Mm-hmm. But I never was there, but I, I'd experienced the mm-hmm. whole event, okay? So your dad is coming down. Now, this is what I feel in the way of what I've seen from heaven. Who goes up can come down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Your connection between your loved ones is not cut off. Mm-hmm. And so for your father to say that in my world is completely normal. Now, mm-hmm. Jack wrote a book and he's mm-hmm. he talks about subconscious and mm-hmm. and how that how our subconscious is really strong and it, when you dream you're dreaming in subconscious state, right? Mm-hmm. Right, because you're more open. But Jack let, let Jack talk about it. Yeah, go he's ahead, he's he wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. He's got a I mean Yeah, I would love to know more about dreams because because I do dream so much. Like it's rare that I wake up and I d- have not had a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, you know, I mean, the foremost authority on dreams is probably young, so you know, let's put it in yeah. perspective. But um, yeah, you know, when it when it comes to sort of you know paranormal events, you know, sort of visitation dreams and things like that. I mean, sometimes it is wish fulfillment. Sometimes right. it is just sort of you know you're observing the past or your mind is processing. And we each have the capability to use one another, you know, our loved ones and things as archetypes for, you mm-hmm. know, whatever a more profound meaning, whether if your father, you know, com- is, your your brain shows you your father, maybe in points in your life where you need to feel loved or stability or feel yeah. safe or whatever, but that doesn't preclude, you know, sort of visitation type streams. It's just saying that that's something else that, you know, can, um, can occur. And, um, and those dreams always seem a lot more intense when you have them because if you actually feel like they're present, like yeah. more, like I'll have weird dreams and I can't remember really who was in them and what was going on. But when I wake up and I've had a dream about my mother or something, it's like it, there's a pit in my stomach, like, oh my God, that is so weird. Like I had yeah. that same feeling as though she was alive. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, I write in the beginning of my book, um, you know, I know Rebecca shared some of her ex- early experiences or commented on how that when she was really young, she was always very psychic. So, but you know, in, in my book, the rational psychic, I talk about one of the, I try to deal with things that are very distinct and, and can we can prove, right. And so, although I've had a lot of strange experiences throughout my life in my book, the first thing I point to as far as the first, um, time I've ever discerned information that was objectively verifiable was, uh, I was born a twin. Were and you really or not? No, I really was. Yeah. No, everything else is just a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was, <laughs> but I was, yeah. I was born a twin. And yeah. This actually is speaking to your point. Yeah. Um, was my, my twin sister uh, died 
Mm-hmm. In, the, in the womb? No, 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 no. When she was 14. Oh. We were 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the moment of her death, uh, the bridge version of the story was I was actually sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I had already been awake for several hours, and I had gone and done all these things, and I went and laid down, and I was fully dressed for the day. It was a Sunday morning. We were going to church. And I didn't want to mess my clothes up, so I just kind of laid myself across my bed because it was already made, and I didn't want to have to remake my bed. And so I kind of just sort of fell into this sort of twilight state. So was I asleep? Maybe. Or if I want to sort of paranormally aggrandize it, I'll say I was channeling or something like that. But really, I was just kind of in a twilight state. And in that state, uh, a being appeared in sort of a space above the bed to my to my mm-hmm. left. And the long, the short version of the story is, you know, I left my body and my sister appeared. Um, and this being said, you know, look to your right. I looked and there was my sister. Um, and she was there and he said, your sister's dead. Explained it to me. And, uh, you know, ironically, you know, I just sort of, I saw her transition, whatever, however you want to sort of define that. And it was incredibly powerful. And it wasn't emotional, but I did begin to tear. And I, the way that I talk about it is that this, it was so overwhelming for my physical body, that, that non-physical experience. And where, where was she? Um, well, she was, she was handicapped. She had some illness, and then well, she, she, yeah, she, was, she, she wasn't had, able to walk. Yeah, and, she had never walked, and uh-huh. uh, she had some other problems. But there was no... There was no reason to suspect that she was going to die. Die that day, right? But then, but then, when she crossed over, she suddenly was skipping away and felt. Yeah, I saw her whole and complete. Yes, but the the point. So you were kind of you were also happy for her. I was. It was like Christmas morning, you know. I I was imbued with the sense of freedom that she had, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was a really really moving moving experience. But coming out of that. I found out she was in fact dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, for me, that's something that I. So, had like, to when your parents told you, you were like, "I know." When my when I was told, I was laying I was laying in bed, and someone came burst into my bedroom. I was actually suffering from sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. where I, I really couldn't move, and I was so emotionally uh, evacuated from the mm-hmm. experience. I just I was kind of still disconnected from my body, and um, and they said, you know, she's dead. And, and there was like this panic in their eyes as if I didn't understand what dead meant because I just sort of looked at them and said, I know, without really moving. Just It was, took all my effort just to move my lips, to be mm-hmm. honest. That's and, interesting. Yeah, and I said, I know. And they, no, 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 she, you got to go. They took her to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I got it, you know, I know. And then I'll never forget the look on their face was like they literally kind of were taken aback. <laughs> And they got up and walked out of the room, and I stayed in my little sanctuary in my bedroom by that. By the, and they had to come and sort of pry me out. Um, and when I went out to the living area, of course the neighbors were there, the priest was there, everyone was kind of converging on the house at that point. And I walked into the room, and it, the only analogy I can offer you is like a child walking into the living room on Christmas morning. You know when you you see the tree and there's like that magic you feel. Yeah. And you can't. You're you're smiling so bad your face hurts. I walked into the room and as soon as I came into the room, everyone went quiet and looked over at me and I couldn't hide. You know I couldn't hide that what I was feeling and it, it was really disconcerting for everyone else there. Right. But it was it was like a big relief on some it, level. Um, for me, but I you know, but my my point is is that we do that we can get visitation dreams, we can have these experiences, and, you know, whether it's by location where, I mean, historically, you can look back, and there's tons of accounts of people, you know, 
dying on distant battlefields mm. or twins or loved ones dying in car accidents is then peering to their loved ones, you know, half a world away. Yeah. You know, so mm. we have, there is this, there is this sense of um, connection. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's this. Yeah, I like, when my dad died, he was sick, he was on hospice, but I, I set my alarm for 6.30, but I woke up like naturally at like 6.05 or something. And I got up and I went to make coffee and then the phone rang. And my sister's like, oh, the hospice nurse called. And it's almost they, like you sensed it already. Yeah, like, I think yeah. him going woke me up. Because, right. you know, it was so early. I wouldn't have woken up that early on my own, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting so it's how interesting our minds you, work and how we're connected and sure, how we sure. do yeah. feel these things. Yeah. And that we're not just making it up in our heads, you know. Yeah, we're not, we're not really alone, just sort of on our own little journeys. You know, there mm-hmm. is an interconnectedness, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm just, you know, I... I had some interest in that that religious icon. If you if you have any more thoughts on it, I I'd love to. Uh, well, I just feel really sad about somebody's mom, like either the maybe the woman that died, her daughter was sad about her. But it's a lot of sadness. That I'm not saying it's negative, but it's it to me when I touch this, I'm grieving over my mom. Oh. Did your did your friend make this or was no? This she actually she actually retrieved it okay. from Russia. Because I'm actually I have a oh. I have a different perspective on this particular object mm-hmm. is I it, I do agree with you that I feel like it had, met, had a couple different owners but I actually feel like it belonged to a man at one point and mm-hmm. I feel like it belonged to a very religious man and I, I have literally I'm seeing like the e- Eastern Orthodox type guy mm-hmm. you know with the long beard with the long right. sort of you know priest outfit and I feel like it I feel and although it's on a chain now I feel like it would have been on a chain at a, some other point as well I feel like I'm one to wear it around my neck actually okay. yeah so maybe it had um, two owners a man and a woman but well it was it was from the 1800s so yeah, the well, it have been a gay man too <laughs> no. no but it's like a lot of grief as soon as I hold that I feel like I'm so sad about my well they used to they used to keep them by their bed and yeah. as a as a religious token and then of course they were hidden after you know Christianity was condemned later, and I, you know, they're kind of, they're interesting artifacts that. And is it Moscow? That's from. Probably somewhere in Russia. Yeah, I feel more Moscow, but I could be wrong. But the the energy reminds me of Moscow. And well, my friend Silva from Silva and Company, she she sells them at Bergdorf and like Neiman Marcus, and mm-hmm. she bejewels them and. They're they're actually beautiful. Oh, so the diamonds were added. Since they were later, added yeah. later. It was it was just a a, a, a piece of brass it's really or whatever cool. that. They yeah, are it's nice. they're absolutely gorgeous. She yeah. lets me borrow stuff all the time, and she said Heather can borrow some stuff for red carpets anytime. So well, that's that's go. we're gonna be hooking oh, hooking Heather up Heather. because she does more red carpets. <laughs> yes, I'll just wear my old shit. So I'll put a picture of it on the on the. I just you know it was interesting because I wore one that for the Annunciation to the Howard Stern party, mm-hmm. and I don't know I just felt this really warm sense of control or something it just made me feel really good it was a great night it was a fun party but I just loved wearing it so I just thought I wanted to know if there was any significance to it that's all I have a feeling about it it makes you feel good it's always significant yeah that's true but that's a good point yeah okay so we'll be right back with more calling out with Susan Pinson Keep the discussion going on Twitter. Follow Susan at First Lady of Love and follow the show at Calling Out Today, as well as Sideshow Network at Sideshow Network. So we're back on Calling Out with Susan Pinsky, and we have Sandy on the phone. She's calling in from Atlanta, Georgia. And Sandy, you're here with John. Blah, you're here <laughs> with Jack Rourke and Rebecca Fearing, Heather McDonald, 
and Theo Vaughn. And I know it's a big, we're, you're in, you're with a big group here, but um, Rebecca and Jack are going to listen in or feel into your vibe and give you a reading today. And if you have any questions, please ask. Great. Thank you. So maybe Rebecca, you can get started. Okay. Um, first, I, I'm seeing, okay, I, I see, I don't feel like, you know, you need to stop worrying about your weight. You're not heavy. You're beautiful and cute. I don't know. I feel a little insecurity with your body. So, you know what? You look great. Just look in the mirror and say, I'm fabulous. Um, because I know. <laughs> well, that's what Heather does every day. Right. <laughs> and she's just looking around like. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm seeing this gentleman come from behind you, he's a nice looking guy. He's like, I don't know. He's pretty youngish. He's got more brown hair than blonde. Blondish brown, actually. He has a t-shirt on. Um, young kind of guy. But I'm trying to I feel like he's, you've got two people coming. One is in this dimension, the other one's passed away. And he keeps telling me, please tell her, Sandy, I'm okay, I'm okay. So do you know somebody who was young that died suddenly that was kind of an upbeat guy, cute, kind of a jersey on, maybe like sports or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because he's right behind you, and he's, like, bugging me. Hey, Rebecca, get her. So he knows my name. He must have known we were calling. And he wants to tell you that he, when he died, it wasn't painful. You need to know that because he feels like you're worrying about that way too much. And um, he tries to come into the dreams. We had just talked about that. He also said, can you call his mom, call his mother? Do you know his mother? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, he was kind of concerned that, about – go ahead. Go ahead, Sandy. That's a huge issue. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> What's the issue? I, did you not get along with your um, mother? Well, he's he's my cousin, but he's more of a, a brother. Um, okay. His mom helped pretty much raise me, oh. and now we don't speak. Why right. don't you speak? Uh, a million and one reasons. Just a, a, a uh, Well, he said everything. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. She thinks that there was relations between you two. No. No. What no. are you doing, Theo? Theo, no. Psychic Theo show. Forget Sorry. No, what? That's okay. That's what she was alluding to. I'm no, sorry, she's not, guys. She was not alluding to it at all. She was saying that they since like, you know, have had a rift in the relationship. So is the guy trying to want Jesus. them to get back together? No, Theo thought that was quite funny. So not. I, I, I didn't mean, think I mean, it was funny I mean, at I mean, first. I, I thought yeah. it was very serious. And then you guys no. acted. You didn't give her a chance to explain. I'm no, sorry, Sandy. It's okay. Carry on. No, no, okay. no. I actually didn't think that Theo thought it was funny. Her cousin thinks it's hilarious. Okay. Oh. okay. So okay. not to worry. Yeah, he would. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He's Okay, laughing. good. Well, look, we're making him laugh then. I'm going <laughs> help a little bit. It's male humor for you. But he did talk about, like, he knows about that relationship with his mother and he you know after you lose your child it's so devastating because you don't know about it until you lose it and then it's like people can fall apart and relationships can fall apart and so he was really trying to say take a lighter note on it Sandy and um, Mm -hmm. he's going to try to help repair it because he feels sad that the holidays and things like that you guys experience as children um, Mm -hmm. aren't happening right now but he he thinks he actually is laughing so hard I feel embarrassed laughing because he's laughing because he does think Leo um, Leo no Leo (laughs) 
Theo, Theo is like so hilarious. So really don't worry, Theo. He's cracking up still. Okay. okay. And then he told Sandy, he says, use your sense of humor. You got to do that when you're, when you're going through such a situation like this. He also said that your mom was your sister in a past life. So she's really not your mom. She's more like a sister. That's why his mother was your mother. So there's a whole story behind that in which he wants to tell to you or talk to you about so you don't feel so sad and bad about all this stuff. That's yeah. what I was trying to figure out. Thank you. Yeah. He wow. told me to tell That's you that. That's another person I do not speak to. Yeah, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Sandy's kind of alone with no mother figure because she's at odds with these two women that you have complete karmic history with. So unless you lighten up a little bit and take a little sense of humor about it and then kind of just sit back, ask the good Lord to guide you that one of these gals is going to call you and you will repair this relationship. There's also, he's also talking about this guy named Gil. Now, I talk about people that you don't know yet. Do you know who Gil is or Gilbert? No. Keep it in mind. It'll be important to you. It might be the last name of Gilbert also. And he also told me that he, um, now you have the best relationship coming to you, but you've had a little bit of a hard road here, Sandy. You know, you've lost your cousin. You're not talking to your mother figures. You know, you've had some odds and ends with your, you know, kind of relationships. And so it's not, it's not been that easy for you, but the good news, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and by in 15 and 16, things are going to get lightened up for you and you're going to get back on track. Um, so, um, how about Jack? What do you get about Sandy here? Well, there's a, there's a, go ahead. Do Sandy. you see anything, you know, like, do you have any sort of concept of how he died, not without her telling you? Like, I feel like he died suddenly. Somehow he doesn't have any closure with this, per se. How about you, um, Jack? Um, I'm feeling like, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I'm like, I'm, I don't feel cancer. I'm feeling more like sudden death of some type. I'm getting something. My chest can't breathe. Is that, what you, is that what you hit feel? Hit his head too? or something. I don't know. It just feels, my head felt about weird. Yeah. Um, what is this gentleman's name, if you don't mind, Sandy? Brian. <gasps> oh. <laughs> his name. Okay, go she ahead. it. <laughs> That's him. 100% it's Brian. Go ahead. Well, we know it's Brian now. Yeah, we so know it's too late. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it it's okay. It's It's okay. I just want to, I want to switch gears really quickly here. Um, is... Sandy, I, I, I have a concern here about your work situation. I feel like if this is a, if, if you are currently not working or I feel like there if you are not already currently employed, I feel like there's mm-hmm. a change change in your employment coming. I feel like there's a I feel like a real emptiness and a sense of kind of being not only just sort of alone, but a little bit depressed and, and feeling a little bit powerless to sort of to to move my life in the direction that I'm wanting it to move. But also with that I have a sense of being concerned about another. And it's it would be as if I had a little toddler of my own or I had a small child of my own or I'm looking after someone else. There's a sense of either not being looked after or, or needing to look after someone else. So now this could already be, I could be receiving this feeling and this information because you've already established that no one was there for you. But I have the sense of, of of being needing to be there for someone else and ill-equipped for for providing that for someone else. I also feel like now. Um, I also feel like there's a. I'm getting the image of a gentleman here, and I'm using that term "gentleman" very, very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this 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 vision here identifies itself as your father, and I have the sense that um, now. Okay. 
you can, you're free to answer this or say I don't want to answer this. This you're okay. you're in charge of this 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 conversation. I with with so literally in my mind's eye, the way this this vision is being set up, it's as if I'm looking. It's as if I'm standing over you, looking at you, and then I can look behind you. There's a door open, and I see a, I see this man kind of standing outside the door, and behind him are police lights flashing. Right, so there's a sense yeah. of either this this man is was literally a not allowed in my house, despite his his um, you know biological connection yeah. to me, or literally he has been to jail or is in and out of jail. I have a sense that this man gets pulled over for a simple traffic ticket and his inability to control his mouth or he has a he has a habitual <laughs> DUI, but this guy goes yep. to jail at the drop of a hat. Okay, who's that? About? Who's that? My dad. I oh. said this was my dad. <laughs> and, so, but, and what is my daddy. Can you tell <laughs> hey, me? Dad. Can I ask a question? Can I ask where he is? Uh, he's passed. Yeah. So And I'm standing I'm standing it, it makes complete sense. He was not allowed in my house. He was a well, he wasn't allowed in my life for most of it, and uh, I'm standing outside the door, and I, I kind of feel on that side. Yeah. So, but I want to focus on that, that feeling of not being permitted, because at, even though we like to think that everyone goes to heaven or when they die, they see things more clearly, that's just not yeah. always the case. And I feel like as I allow this this energy to sort of inhabit me, I want to plead my case and go, you know, it really wasn't my fault. <laughs> they wouldn't right. let me see you, you know, right. and there's still this sense of um, this this man was never accountable for his behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't mean he didn't love you. He loved you in his own weird way. And, oh, yeah, in his own weird way. Yeah, and even even despite the fact that him not being with you was a good thing, there's this still there's a lingering feeling of of not being good enough. Yeah. Right. Even though this situation had nothing to do with you, and right. the good thing is is that. As despite as this man comes forward and wants to plead his case and he's kind of being a little bit adolescent, you know, he never really kind of, he had this sort of adolescent way about him about, you know, getting, you know, he would want to be your friend more than your father, you see. And even despite that lack of emotional maturity and and the ability to be responsible for you, he's aware enough to know that like, you know what, man, I effed up. And as I come to you, Allowing him to sort of use me as uh, to 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 for this, <laughs> I also want to joke about, and that's, that's a whole other thing. But uh, hold on, let me get clear what, what he's going here. Where he's going with this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, a little closer. Uh, okay. So what I want to do here is now there was a Christmas. There was a Christmas. If you, I have this memory of a Christmas, do you recall? Was there a Christmas where he was actually permitted to give you a gift, or he was actually like this allowed to come close or something? This one particular day, and he it just yes. it just went awry. Like everything went wrong, right? I want you to remember that, you know, because he's like, I feel like I, you know, I tried. It wasn't, and then in the same breath, I want to blame your grandmother, I want to blame your mom, I want to blame, either, you know, your aunt, and, and it's like, but then I want to, oh, no, 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 well, it's not really their fault, but I want to, I want to say, I gave you this, I tried, and what yeah. it really is, is what I, I want to say is that I, what did he give you? It, uh, I just, I, I've never, from, from birth, I never accepted both of my parents. 
And I just always pushed them away. And he came, he had a massive stroke when I was about 11, 10. And uh, that was the last Christmas I spent with him. He came back to visit. And it was, I just rejected him the whole time, pretty much. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But, but he, did he try to give you a gift? Oh, he, he, yeah, everything from love, attention, gifts, everything. He was trying to, but I just, I don't know. I never understood my relationship with my parents. I didn't want anything to do with either one of them. But right. you were being raised by your aunt. Yes. Okay, but so what, you need to re reconnect with your aunt. But what I, what I want to what I want to focus on here is as immature as this person was, and as irresponsible and arguably dangerous dangerous in the sense that he really didn't it was better for you that he wasn't your you know actively taking care of you from day to day sounds like it um what i what i want what i want so badly for you to know right now is is it was my fault right okay. and that feeling residual feelings you have about i literally feel like i'm looking up at him as a little girl and i just i'm so I, it's like there's an open space between me and him emotionally, and I feel like I need to keep that there, and I'm not seeing clearly, but I have this overwhelming sense of not belonging and not feeling good enough, despite the fact that none of this was my fault, right? And if mm -hmm. I could, as your father, energetically come to you as if it was Christmas, and my gift for you was to take all of that hurt and put it into a box, fold it up and carry it out of your life. I want you to know that in this moment, this is why I'm coming here. Because I would okay. do anything to take this away. And that I do love you. I just, mm -hmm. I just had my own problems. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel too that there's, um, he might have had a case of like ADD or ADHD, so it was never taken care of properly. He also is really mad about somebody named Billy. Do you know who Billy was? He's like yelling at me. Yeah. But yeah, that's him. That's that's uh, that's his name, and that's what my brother's name is. Okay, because I kept hearing Billy, Billy. God darn it, just say Billy. So he's got <laughs> right. like a pretty strong personality. He was actually oh, yeah. quite mm -hmm. creative, cre really creative. And the yes. thing is, is that you have a problem with these parents because you remember inside your mother's womb that you heard them arguing, or you were afraid of them. And so your fear for these two of these two people came really before you even came into this world physically. And Billy was a kind of an angry person because he was never really had the tools to know how to handle his personality. So he probably mm -hmm. self-medicated and act crazy like Jack said. But ultimately your dad is coming and your cousin's coming because they don't want you to suffer from their emotional, you know, things that happened to them, like your cousin's death, Brian. I did hear his name, too, really clearly, so I'm glad that you asked because that just validated it for me. I, I don't know if I would have said it or not, but Billy was too strong, and he's hanging around for sure, but not in a negative way. And he wants your brother to know also how, how much he wants to take responsibility and accountability for his actions, and he was hoping that you guys wouldn't repeat any patterns, but it doesn't look you are, Sandy. But they're both concerned about your Thanksgiving dinner. I know that sounds funny, but where's the stuffing and cranberries? Where are you going to sit at Thanksgiving dinner? dinner they're very sad about that are you going to do something fun because they want you to do something fun no since the family's been up apart it's been very quiet okay well i'm going to pray on it for you and ask all our listeners out there to put a good thought to you in any way they can that you enjoy your thanksgiving dinner even if it goes with yeah. a friend to um you know 
a movie or something. But I feel like it's gonna something's gonna be repaired here through the divine. Yeah. And um, I think so. that maybe you should take a step in that direction toward your aunt because you know I do too. you're. And I think that your your cousin wants you to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't have. And come. I think your aunt misses you. Mm-hmm. And I'm yes. not a psychic, but just from what I, mean, I heard of the story, she lost her son. She raised you. And sometimes you just got to. How did someone. you know that? You said that, mm-hmm. didn't you say that yeah, she yeah. raised you? you and, well, it was sort yeah. of yeah. you. So I'm just imagining if I was that woman, and I lost my son. My, how do you know about my son? Yours? Oh, you lost your son? No, no, no. I, I heard you say my son. I thought you were talking. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying. <laughs> I was is, just saying is, the aunt. I was just saying, as someone who just heard oh, the story, okay. I have no psychic ability. I'm just saying. I, I mentioned her son. Oh, I'm just. Oh, I'm just child. saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. If I was. The aunt who has lost her son, the Brian guy, yeah. and raised you, and now you would, you know, and now I'm not even talking to you. I would mean so much mm-hmm. if if you just go, if you just went and said, "Let's just start fresh. Work Let's out just your go differences. to lunch." I mean, maybe you could just yeah. take some like serious baby steps. It's you just know? lunch. Yeah, it's hard for you women know? women to do that. They hold grudges or they're yeah. angry, but also you have a really tough past and. You're working through some details, so maybe if you can listen to what we've this information we've given you and, and know that there are ways to heal mm-hmm. wounds. And if you were a sister mm-hmm. in another lifetime, of course you're going to fight, okay? So mm-hmm. just try to get over it, let go, um, learn how to accept that not everybody's perfect and try to just, you know, move on, especially since she lost her son and you're going to have to give the message that you 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 connected and that that you believe in that and it might make her feel better and doing yeah. good things for other people and and taking that first step is such a healing process right yeah. even and if you feel like she doesn't deserve Mm-hmm. You're reaching out and her company. I bet it'll make you feel so much better. Yeah, and then it'll, <laughs> and it can be baby steps. Like I, you can say, we're never going to be what we were, but you could go to lunch right. or get a meal or exchange family, a text once every few weeks. Family and comes that, first, and it's, that could be like really healing to both of you, even if it's just a little something, yeah. you know. Sandy, there's also um, I I see this um, an African American gentleman coming mm-hmm. into, coming into your life here. Um, are you aware <laughs> of? There always is, dude. <laughs> Especially if you're a, you know, a well, the white girl. On, on the commercial, we were talking about Theo's prison life. <laughs> no, I'm serious uh, though. No, they love. Especially in Georgia, if you're the white girl, are, are, are dude. You, are come you on. are you aware of um, of this this guy coming into your sphere, trying to make a close contact with you uh, first as a friend, but romantically? No, okay. I'm married. <laughs> okay, I but I, I I can only tell you what I'm seeing is that you know unless this is someone who's from your past but there's there's don't be surprised if your husband brings around a, a friend or someone there's there let me just say this while qualifying it there's there's an african-american gentleman coming into your life and i feel like he actually had will offer some surprising insight into your circumstances and be a, a real source of comfort um, you know, not in a, in a way that compromises your marriage per se, but I feel like he's got he's got a real a uh, big heart, and I also feel like there's a, a strong. You would look at this guy and maybe be a little scared of him, or maybe like, what's up with this guy? But he actually is very very religious behind you know in, in behind closed doors, and I feel like in, in talking with him, you'd be surprised at the level of um, sort of insight and and compassion he has, and I feel like he will be. 
will be a very good friend. I just cut it like that, but I feel like this person is coming into your life and it, it, it is a kind of evident that you're beginning to attract people that are that are going to offer you love and companionship mm. and friendship in a good way support. that's really affirming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe can connect, have yeah. similar experiences mm. and help you with mm-hmm. getting through your tragedy. Yeah. Well, I think also that there's a Michael going to be around her, uh, but that goes back to her husband. Uh, he's, is your husband trying to reinvent his career? Because I see him have opportunity that he doesn't even, like, maybe even know about. Um, he's actually pretty smart. And I, he may be talking about the gentleman, the African-American guy. I mean, I could be wrong, but this is my take on it. That might help you um, in some kind of house, housing, or enable to, to establish you in a better situation, which you don't have a horrible one. You just don't have a lot of family around. And Brian says to me, you don't know my mom. My mom's kind of stubborn, too. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll let her listen to this podcast. Okay? Yeah. Maybe we and can that's help. what he said. But he said he's hoping that you guys get back together because regardless of Billy and everything that went on, he says you, there's lots and lots of good times. And does your does your husband like any kind of like motorcycles or, um, you know, you know, those kind of vehicles, four-wheel drives? Because I keep seeing you guys out and about in some kind of green area, but it's like, you know, kind of that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to know that you're, you know, you're going to be on this journey of really, really healing your family and, and moving forward in a wonderful new direction. And we're so grateful we had the opportunity to talk to you today. Right, yeah. and we'll, we'll be sure to be in touch with you on Facebook. But Thank any you. kind of four wheels, okay. be careful with your son. Yeah, be careful with those four wheels. Amen. That goes to everyone in Georgia, actually, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Thank you for okay, calling in, you. Sandy. Take Bye. care. I just want to mention that Sandy's cousin, Brian, was killed in Iraq. Well, that makes sense because um, I think we talked about you know, you mentioned the blow to the head. I felt a concussion to the chest, and I, I believe this was associated with a vehicle. Right. Um, I, so. I wasn't sure if it was vehicle or not. It wasn't a typical car accident, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. When I felt I was blown here, blown here. Like, She's pointing at her chest head, and her head. Yeah. It was so sudden, though. He felt nothing. Um, he didn't feel any pain. You know, it's just like, I don't know if anybody's had a traumatic accident where you've almost died, I have. And when the impact comes, you feel no pain. Okay. I felt no pain. Okay. But he actually transitioned to the other side, well, that, as far as I could see, very quickly. That's good to know. Yeah. I just want to thank um, Theo for coming in today, Theo Vaughn. And yes. he is on Twitter, at the Ovon. And the also, Ovon. yeah, at oh, the Ovon. It looks like the Ovon to me. <laughs> yeah, um, at theovon.com. The Ovon, dot com. Oh, that's good. Theoven.com. Mm, baby, he's hot. Okay, and he's. He, you might have remembered him on the cast of The Real World and Road Rules. And um, I don't because I never watched it, but I'm sorry. I know it's okay. It's you didn't miss much. It's okay. Uh, you might also know me. I just uh, I do stand up comedy and I host uh, Deal with It on TBS Friday nights. Now, so you can check that out. Is Deal with It the one? What, what is that? That's Howie Mandel's show. Yeah, that's, that's the one, the one you guys were. That's one Heather came and did. Yeah, it's it fun. really funny. Yeah, we'd love to have a clairvoyant come. That might be very interesting. I know. Well, yeah. I've got a I've got a whole I'd be bunch Twitter, of them. So I'll, we'll I'll have to. Yeah, too. you guys that need to do that. Be interesting. Yeah. We, you could have like a whole room full of them no. and totally punk somebody. I don't want yeah. that. <laughs> Last thing I want. Yeah. And also Heather McDonald at heathermcdonald.net or 
at Heather McDonald on Twitter. And Instagram. And Instagram. And she has the best Instagram. Yeah, she really gives good, good Instagram. Yeah, Thank she you. does. And then also, she she was a regular collaborator with the Wands Brothers. It's so funny, we ran into... Marlon. The Wayans. other night. And then I saw you on that, that movie with... Um, White Chicks. White Chicks. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing my ass. I was sitting by myself drinking wine in my apartment after you left. I missed you so much. Turn on the TV, <laughs> and there you were. Anyways... <laughs> So, um, also, best-selling author for her book, You'll Never Blue Ball in This Town Again, and My Inappropriate wow. Life. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, she's, she's a, a brilliant writer and um, also has been on Chelsea Lately as a full-time writer and producer and and will be moving on, has a show on, on uh, Showtime. Yeah, which you can watch it now or Showtime On Demand. It's called Heather McDonald's, I Don't Mean to Brag, it's my hour stand-up, and or just go to my website and go to Theo's website. We're, we're always traveling, usually at different places every weekend. So see if we're coming to a city near you. Come meet us. Say that you listen to this podcast. Yes. We, we freaked you out. Yes. And also, and, yeah. and thank you so much for coming. Theo's going to pop out. And I I'm going to thank uh, Jack Rourke and uh, Rebecca Fearing. And um, be sure to um, check out the El Portal Theater dot com for November 29th which is coming up pretty quick if you if you've downloaded this podcast you'll probably have a day to find out about this here and um, go ahead and call 866-811-4111 and we'll um, also be able to find her at RebeccaFearing.com and JackRourke.com. And what's coming up for you, Jack? Well, I'm, I'm writing the follow-up uh, for, my, for my book, The Rational Psychic. So that's my full-time thing, and I'm seeing clients daily. And, uh, and I got some couple media things in the works, but nothing we can really talk about yet. Okay, so and check out his book. It's so amazing. It's, it, I'm getting into it now. It's awesome. And check us out at Susan, callingoutwithsusanpinsky.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.